Buck Farmer is back. And as a big fan of beards, I'm a big fan of this move. Is the bullpen set? We'll answer that question and more on today's Aloha Live edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily source for all things Cincinnati Reds. I'm Stephen Offenbaker. He's Jeff Carr, and we love baseball. We love the Cincinnati Reds. We have taken our love for the game, our love for the Reds, and we have turned that into information for you. Locked on Reds is part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's podcast, Buck Farmer is back. The bearded one returns. And we're going to tell you why this is not necessarily the, oh, yeah, cool move that everybody's making it out to be. Uh, This is actually a lot better than you might think. We're also going to take a look at the question, are the Reds done now? Was this the last move? Does this complete the pitching picture? And then, of course, we are going to put you in the driver's seat. We're going to take your questions. We're going to take your comments because that is our favorite part of the live shows here on Friday. Uh, Before we get into any of that, I want to shout out the sponsor of today's podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 back in bonus bets with any winning, excuse me, with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started today. And where we are going to get started today, Jeff, is the bearded wonder, the 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 guy that makes you a little jealous every morning when you're looking at your <laughs> luscious beard in the mirror. It's Buck Farmer. Buck Farmer has returned to the fold, and I just want to jump on this right away. I want to say I think this is a great move for the Reds bullpen because Buck Farmer is not being brought back to be the high leverage uh closer part B, the high leverage uh, partner to Alexis Diaz. That's not going to be his role. He he profiles to be but much more of a sixth inning guy, seventh inning guy, earlier in the game guy. And I think that is a great lane for Buck Farmer because, you know, he's coming off a, a season where the Reds used him. He was one of the highest used arms out of the bullpen. And, you know, he's pitched that load before. I'm not worried about him recovering from that. So I, I like this signing. Yeah, and, you know, we can either confirm nor deny that he was turned down for the role of Gandalf in Lord of the Rings, but the beard has remained throughout his entire career, and he has pitched fantastic, I think, last season. Now, you look at the 4.2 ERA, and you say, fantastic? What are you talking about fantastic with that kind of ERA? There were a number of games where he came in and he shut the door. Remember, a relief pitcher's ERA is the most fickle thing and very impossible to really evaluate a relief pitcher on that stat because you can have a you know six seven game streak of not allowing a run and then if you come in and you blow up and you allow three or four runs that era shoots up immediately and it's not indicative of what his entire body of work was buck farmer was a very reliable relief pitcher for the reds last year and yes he was used the second most amount on the team. In fact, if you look at the number of appearances, it's Ian Jabot at 74, and then Alexis Diaz and Buck Farmer tied at 71. These guys pitched a ton. His work was, his workload's going to be cut back a little bit this year. I think he's going to kind of be that 
stopgap. You know, if you've got a pitcher who might be, you know, he pitched five good innings, but he threw a lot of pitches, or if he's struggling there in the fifth inning, you can bring him in to finish out the inning. And then you bring in another guy like he's going to kind of be the emergency middle of the game guy that you don't have to worry about. Oh man, we used Buck Farmer that that's going to kill the bullpen for the rest of the series. And I love the deal that we got him on because Steve, everydayers will remember we kind of broke down some of the Reds who were going into free agency and what Spot Track had their estimated contract at being. Spot Track had Buck Farmer at five million and change. The Reds literally got him for half of that, and and, and actually he was even more than fifty percent off, but at a two point two five million dollar contract. So I am I, I love this move as as small as it may seem to a lot of fans. I love it when Nick Cross signs a guy on double coupon day. It just makes things fantastic. No, I, I, like I said, Jeff, I really like this move. The thing, the thing about this move, when you start to look now at what it does in the bullpen, you know, the, the question, the question really becomes is, is Buck Farmer, the final piece in this bullpen. I'm not sure that he is, but you can see why people are, are instantly drawn to that because you look at what the roles may be. You would, you would think that now you've got Ian Jabot and Buck Farmer that would be slated to pitch earlier in the games. Uh, you've got Sam Mull who will be your, your lefty go-to guy. Then you start getting, you know, later into the game and you start looking to Pagan, you start looking to Diaz and, and the roles are, they're kind of defining themselves. I think, I don't know that. I don't know that there's a lot more room for somebody in this bullpen, unless it's a guy like class a that we talked about mm -hmm. earlier week. That's a, just a game changer kind of guy. Uh, I don't think they're going to go out and get any more above average pitchers. If they're going to make another change to this bullpen, it's going to be for a stud. Yeah, and to be honest with you, unless they go get that stud, I don't know who breaks through this group. Let's let's talk about this for a minute because the bullpen's going to have seven guys in it. The way that the roster breaks down now with 26 players and you're limited to 13 pitchers, the Reds are going to carry 13 pitchers. So they're going to have five starters and they're going to have oh, eight, eight bullpen guys. Yeah, how about I count right? Um, but still, you, you continue to try to do math on this show. Look, I'm and a podcaster, not a math teacher. So <laughs> I, I talk about baseball and they put the stats on the screen for me. I don't have to add them up. Um, but, uh, when it comes to these eight guys, like I'm looking at obviously Alexis Diaz, Lucas Sims, Sam mall, Ian Jabot, now buck farmer. You've got five guys right off the bat that deserve to be there. If TJ Antone's healthy, he's going to be in it too. So you already have six spots taken up, and you're talking about only two spots left for guys like Alex Young, um, Fernando Cruz. I and and I will stand on a table for the rest of this offseason and say that Fernando Cruz absolutely deserves to be a lock in this bullpen and not a guy that has to compete for a spot because I thought he pitched well last year. But um, you have Fernando Cruz, you have uh, there and I'm, I'm blanking on a few names to kind of pull up the roster there. But I know that there are so many different guys that we saw a lot of last year, and there's going to be one or two of them that don't make the opening day roster as it is right now. You're right. You know, when we're you're looking at that roster, Jeff, I mean, it's it's Lexus Diaz, it's Ian Jabot, it's Buck Farmer, it's Lucas Sims. You know, Alex Young is still on this team and he is still on the 40 man. He pitched in 63 games last year. I have to assume they see him as the second lefty in the bullpen right now. Uh, with this Buck Farmer signing with Buck Farmer around, they're at 
the 13 pitchers. So a move for a class A, a move for anybody else in this bullpen means you have to decide which guy's not making this bullpen now. Uh, and, and, and as much as we bagged on guys like Alex Young, 3.86 ERA, 63 games, 53 and two-thirds innings pitched. I mean – we never were inspired by his pitching, but it wasn't horrible. There were a lot of guys that pitched last season that were that were worse than Alex Young. So, so for me, again, it's going to have to be a press conference kind of signing. It's going to be yeah. a guy that they want to come hold up a jersey and, and take pictures with, you know, a Class A type guy. Um, otherwise, I think, you know, basically the bullpen is what the bullpen is going to be, and I think it's improved. And it just now becomes a question if who your starting five are going to be and who starts the season in AAA Louisville. Yeah, I, I honestly think the only way that you're really adding to this bullpen is if you make that Shane Bieber and Emmanuel Class A trade that we talked about earlier on this week. I'd love to see that. That would be absolutely amazing. But other than that, I think the bullpen is what it is. And I'm still excited about it. This bullpen was good last year. This bullpen was overused last year and really hit a wall at the end of the season. But for the most part, this bullpen kept the Reds in the season that they were able to put together. And I think that, you know, bringing back Buck Farmer just underscores how well this bullpen worked together. They're going to try and run it back mostly, you know, with Emilio Pagan in tow and probably at times Nick Martinez and some other guys in there as well. Uh, but I, I love this move as, as, as under the radar and really it's not even under the radar. as small as the move may seem to some, I think that this is a good one, but like you mentioned, are the reds done? Does this preclude them from making any more moves? We're going to talk about that coming up next. Before we talk about that, though, I want to tell you about today's sponsor, and that is FanDuel. FanDuel is offering this amazing promotion right now. As we're going through the stretch run of the NFL season, there's only two regular season weeks left. This year is just blown by. It's, it's unbelievable. And you can get in on the action now at FanDuel.com slash locked on. And check out this promo offer. Your first $5 winning Moneyline bet is going to get you $150 in bonus bets with that. It's a kind of odds that you will never see on a money line. Like if you bet $5 on a money line, you win $150, you must be betting for, I don't know, like talking about probably Ricky Karcher to throw an immaculate inning. I bet that's probably what the odds would have to be on that one. But if you want to check it out today, go to FanDuel.com slash on. They've got all kinds of great uh, lines and spreads and, and player props, over-unders, and things like that when it comes to the NFL, the NBA, college basketball. Plus, they've got MLB futures as well. Talked about this before. The Reds are at plus 450 to win the NL Central. Don't necessarily believe that adding buck farmer is going to move that line at all but i think that it's going to continue to add value to it so you should jump in on that line right now that's fanduel.com slash locked on and take advantage of the promotional offer of five dollar winning money line bet getting you 150 dollars for new users fanduel.com slash locked on fanduel is an official partner of the nfl and the official sports book of locked on Thanks, as always, for making Lockdown Reds your first listen every single day. And thanks for being a part of this Aloha Live Friday edition of the podcast. We love coming to you live, talking Reds baseball with you live. We encourage you, if you have not already done so, be active in the comments section. Give us your questions. Give us your comments. Uh, let me know, you know, about how awesome my shirt looks and, you know, the 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 chest hair and all that. Stuff. I know a lot of people really love to comment on that. So, um <laughs> <laughs> on behalf of all of our viewers, thank you for using one more button today. I, I, I just 
I just want to thank you on behalf of the viewers. It hurt. It hurt to button this this other one. Anyway, um, you can check out the Locked On Sports Today 24-7 live streaming channel on YouTube. It's the first ever national sports streaming channel. Subscribe to Locked On Sports Today, and you can get all of the biggest news from our local experts like me and Steve. And then we've got our uh, national shows and things like that. Check it out today. Locked On Sports Today. Subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, Steve, this is the last episode of the year, barring, and, and by the way, I probably just asked, you know, right. Nick Crawls about that. Now, we're doing, the, now we're doing a New Year's Eve. Um, yeah, it's going to be like the, live. the Bieber Class A trade or something's going to go down. But uh, barring that, this will be our last episode of the year. So thank you, everyone, uh, that, that made Locked on Reds part of your day, part of your year, whatever part of the the year you you tuned in to us really appreciate everybody that does it we we do this for you we love talking reds and usually we just be talking reds with each other but uh we want to talk reds with you as well so that's why we love doing these aloha live fridays and before we really jump back into like the comments and the questions and what people are thinking about what is or before you transition into the are the reds done yet i want to get a few final thoughts on this buck farmer deal that we because we didn't touch on this part of it okay. and uh shout out to wolfpack for kind of bringing this along i'm, I'm going to use his comments to to prime this up if i can get my clicker to work uh wolfpack says buck farmer was amazing especially when you consider how hard the reds worked him he put in some serious innings he follows that up by saying, I'm surprised they didn't try to lock him up for a couple years at that price. And Randy chipped, chimed in, followed up with, I'm kind of shocked Farmer didn't get a better offer from another team. I am too. I am actually a little surprised at where this deal landed, Jeff. And I wonder if it was a, a hometown, I want to be in Cincinnati mm -hmm. type of contract. I, I, I'm a little... I'm I'm more interested in not so much in the average value. You know, you and I have talked about this a lot versus number of years. Uh, I wouldn't have mind seeing this be a two-year deal with maybe even a third-year option uh, to lock Farmer up just a little bit longer. I would agree with that. I, I think that he showed a lot last season. And to kind of underscore the fickleness of ERAs and stuff like that, if you go and you look at the splits for Buck Farmer last season by month, the month of May, he had an ERA of 1.5. Now, every other month of the season, you're going to see an ERA of like four something, but it was the month of May that he really just shut down everybody that, and, and he had, I think it was like 13 or 14 appearances in that month, but I don't believe there was a singular month that he had less than 11 appearances. That just tells you how much he pitched. And for a relief pitcher, that is a lot of work. And the, the performances that he was able to bring on a, a regular basis. And this is something we're going to do as we start to break down players uh, coming up towards spring training and things like that. I want to look at, especially for relief pitchers, what were some clutch spots, clutch spots, and what were some, you know, maybe they blew up a little bit just to kind of give people some context because, you know, even Alexis Diaz had a couple of blowups. And because of those, some certain statistics that people love to evaluate a player based solely on that number tend to get skewed a little bit all right i didn't mean to hijack yet i, I just wanted to touch on that for a second because no, no, I, I, I feel like I, I feel like it's important to talk about I, I i think we really got a great pitcher at a discount and that's not happening this offseason I, I mean thankfully apparently the dodgers did not have buck farmer's phone number i guess that's the bottom that's the, that's the bottom line all right here's the question jeff 
are the Reds done now? You know, I hinted at this a little bit there in the first segment and you can, you could kind of see, you can look at this pitching staff now and, and see that from a, from a Nick crawl standpoint, it could be complete. Yeah. Because you, you know, and I saw comments on this earlier in the comment list. Um, this definitely pushes Nick Martinez into a favorite to be a rotation spot. Uh, I, I definitely think that was what they signed him to do. Well, I th- Nick Cross said that. I mean, right. as much. he said that they're looking at, at Nick Martinez to be a starting pitcher. I think both Nick, well, Nick Martinez and Nick Crawl. I about said just Nick, but there's two Nicks involved here. I, I think both Nicks uh, would be disappointed if he ended up in the bullpen because I think they want him to be one of the rotation pieces. I don't think this stops them from adding another one, though, especially if it's that impact move, if it's the, you know, the Bieber in the class a, if, if somehow they're able to talk the white Sox down from their insane perch of the price that they've set on Dylan cease, or, you know, maybe they are able to sneak in and sign like a Jordan Montgomery. I did see that. I think the red Sox are kind of out on Jordan Montgomery now. So you can at least mark one of the teams off the list that you would have expected to sign him. So I, I still think that Nick Kroll wants to add another rotation piece. He sees this roster like we see it. I don't think he's looking at it through Reds colored glasses and saying that they're done. They're officially a playoff team right now. I think you add that starting pitcher, you can start to talk that way. But right now, there's still like that little bit of, okay, they're right on the cusp. They definitely could be a playoff team. But I, you know... As much as an optimist as I am, I'm not taking that to the bank just yet. And I think Nick Crawl is going to make that move. Well, you know what tells me that they're at least still, you know, participating in the process is all this back and forth that's come out with between the White Sox and the Reds. Uh, those are those have all been leaks to the media from sources within both clubs because there's been some active negotiations going on. And those active negotiations have happened well after they signed Nick Martinez. So the Reds are still open to the idea of adding a pitcher. But I think you're right. It's going to be if there's another move to be made, you know, it's like I was saying there in the first segment, Jeff, it's not going to be for another average to above average pitcher. It's going to be somebody that they think is a true needle mover, a true press conference kind of deal. And we haven't had a true a a true press conference kind of deal in a while. Um, Right. I think the Reds are due for one. I would like to see that press conference, but I know they had one with Jamer Candelario, but it's still kind of like, yeah, I mean, I know he was a top 15 free agent, but yeah, we're, we're looking at the big name, like the guy that as soon as he signs, you're like, man, I kind of want to get his Jersey, like that kind of guy. Or, or, you know, for in our case, go to the press conference. Um, (laughs) you know, I, I would like to see that kind of a move. And, you know, when you start to look at this team now, both from, the position player side of things and from the pitching side of things, there are no longer any obvious moves. There's some wish list moves. Now we still wish for that power hitting right-handed bat for the outfield. Um, that may not happen at this point. Now, uh, well, did you see the recent rumors that your buddy Tay Oscar has been contacted no. by the yes. Dodgers. No, 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 no. They're, 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 they're faking you out. Tay Oscar. Call Nick. <laughs> Give him a call. Um, there's that move. There's this this type of trade, you know, Bieber, Class A, that kind of move. Right. But I, I guess I'm more in the camp of they're probably done. Uh, I I know that's not the popular answer, and and then that leads us back around to is that enough? Are we disappointed if they're done now, Jeff? I would say, 
I'd say I give the uh, the off season a solid B minus if this is all they end up doing. Um, I I'd still say I'm not like ecstatic with all these moves because I do want them to sign that that big time starting pitcher. I'll tell you what this does, and this is exactly what Nick Crawl wanted to do before New Year's. He is sitting in a position where he doesn't have to be hasty. He doesn't have to go out and make a rash move because he has made these other moves within the margins. And as much as, you know, we kind of talk, you know, we really think they need a starting pitcher and we keep hearing the Cincinnati Reds have signed not a starting pitcher. And we, we, for some reason, our minds are like conditioned to be like, well, why are they doing that? It's because Nick crawl knows he's basically getting all of his other shopping done. It's like, you know, whenever you go and you get all your friends' gifts and your family's gifts, and then you wait till the end to get your wife's gift or, you know, whatever that ends up being. That's kind of where Nick Crawl is at this point. And I think that this is the position of power that if you were to ask him how he envisioned the perfect offseason going, I think he's right there in the middle of it. And I think that that's only going to continue. There's probably another move left in him, but he doesn't have to make that move. And that's exactly the way he wants it. I think for me, if I'm doing this on paper before we play a game in 2024, grade the offseason opening day edition, Mm -hmm. I would say I'd give them a C plus because Mm -hmm. I've said all along that I wanted two of the three things that I thought were major needs. And I feel like they they have done a good job with the bullpen, I feel like, by adding Pagan, by having Nick Martinez on this staff. And I know, maybe a starter, but if he ends up in this bullpen, he's a good addition to the bullpen. Uh, I feel like they address that. Starting pitcher? No, not really. Um, Power hitting outfielder? No. So on paper, opening day, it's a C. Now, when we look back at the end of the year, because what we don't know right now is how well Nick Martinez would pitch as a starting pitcher. We don't know what this Candelario signing does as far as the other moves of the guys they got. Is it going to be CES in right field? Is it going to be Noelvi Marte in right field? Is it going to be somebody that we end up being really happy with that performs well? When we look back, we can regrade this thing. But if I, if I'm giving it a grade, like right now, as the team sits, as the roster is constructed, I'm not happy yet. And I right. would give it a C. Yeah, and I, I think too the other the other part of this equation is just how good is Nick Martinez at being a starting pitcher. Like he could really show out, and it'd be like, oh, okay, so that was the move that they were making all along, and we just completely undercut it. It's just I think when we see a guy like that who has pitched both out of the bullpen and in the rotation, we ask ourselves, why wasn't he just in the rotation? And is that a reason to exercise caution with his expectations? Which is kind of where I'm at with it right now. I mean. This kind of also leads me to the reports. There were there were uh, reports about the Reds being linked to a international pitching prospect, a guy named Yariel Rodriguez. He's coming over from Japan. He actually didn't pitch last year, but um, he he's from Cuba. Pitched in Japan for uh, the 2020-2021 and 2022 season. Yeah, he really traveled a lot to do that. Um, but he mostly pitches a relief pitcher. So I think what happened was the Reds kicked the tires on him figured out they weren't really that into it or maybe there was a really competitive bidding market for him and he's a very big question mark if you pencil him as as a starter and so they're just like let's go shore up the bullpen and get buck farmer and then we can kind of make a move from there so i i don't necessarily know that that specific rumor if anybody was curious about yariel rodriguez i don't think that's going to end up happening but i do think that the reds moved based on how they felt with that interaction 
Yeah, that's that's probably a good take on it. So let's do this, Jeff. I think it's time to put the viewers in control of the machine. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back from that, we're going to let you drive the ship. We're going to do that right after this. You can follow us in between episodes on all of the socials, uh, Twitter X. Jeff wants to be an X-Man anyway, so here we go. You can follow Jeff over there at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three Fs. You can follow me at S. Offenbaker with two Fs, and you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. Also, don't forget to join us over on our Discord community. Uh, we got a lot of great Reds talk over there. We got a lot of channels for other things, too. Got a lane for the Bengals. Got a channel for that. We got gaming. We got Immaculate Grid. We got Off Topic. We got all the things. So come join us on our Discord server because we want to talk baseball with you and if you haven't done so yet make sure that you bookmark the website inside the reds.com uh, jeff's doing some great work over there is kind of the 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 lead writer james rapine uh is our, our editor and and he's doing a lot of writing over there we've got rick chino we've got audie elmore i'm chiming in from time to time lots of great coverage of the reds in written form make sure you have bookmarked that site today and you can read uh what a lot of these folks have to say about the reds as well as listen to us talk about them here on the locked on reds podcast all right jeff let's get in to the questions and the comments here because uh you know that's what drives this thing and that's why we love doing this uh i, I want to start with something though because i got beat up yesterday i got hammered hammered i got in the comment section on my clayton kershaw take i know clayton kershaw Heard his back last year. I don't care. I know Clayton Kershaw is saying, I don't know if I'm going to pitch. and Maybe I just want to go pitch back in Texas. And he's saying all the things. It's all negotiation. And if you plop $70 million on a table in front of him, it's going to make him make up his mind. That's right. all I'm saying. I'm talking about a bold move. And I use Clayton Kershaw as the example. But don't get lost in the name. Focus on what I'm asking the Reds to do. I'm asking the Reds to make a big, out-of-character, bold move for a guy that inspires fear in the opponent when they're standing in the batter's box. That's the will, move I'm really talking about. I use Kershaw as the example of that. I will say to the counterpoint, there, there's been some numbers, especially on Baseball Savant, that kind of point to him really declining last year, even with the good ERA and stuff like that. He had some Eyes. bad expected numbers his expected batting average jumped by 20 points year over year his expected slugging jumped by almost 90 points year yeah, over year I, I just i i'd see where you're coming from and it would definitely be a press conference go by his jersey signing it would also kind of be one of those things that you're like i don't know if this is going to work out but I, I i just think that there's a lot of hoops to jump through with kershaw that there's not with other pitchers I still think he wants to be a Dodger. I still think everything that he is saying points to him going back to LA, but we'll see. I, I've, I've been wrong before. <laughs> well, boy, have no. <laughs> All right, let's start here. Let's take this one from Grant. This is a fun way to start this off, Jeff. What is one fun, bold, borderline, outrageous prediction you have for the Reds? Uh, Grant says that, that Ellie joins the 4070 club with Acuna next year. Or this coming year, 2024. Mark, what you down for that? I like that one. Um, really bold. So bold, outrageous. So we're not saying like it's kind of bold, but it probably could happen. So bold, outrageous. I'm going to say. Uh, 
I'm going to say that Hunter Green finishes in the top three of the Cy Young. Okay. I think that, wow. I, I think that, uh, okay, so bold and outrageous. I don't think that it's likely to happen, but I do think he's going to take that step forward that we all keep saying. It feels like every year he shows us little bits, little tiny bits, and then he has other bits that are just horrible. I think that he starts to cut out the horrible starts that he has. I think that his his bad starts kind of start to look like mediocre to okay starts, and then he still has those good starts. So his numbers really start to jump up this year. And I think that, I mean, if he can get a handle on that changeup or if he can get a handle on the 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 spinning fastball that moves a different way from his four-seamer, we could really see him take that leap. So I think that's going to be my outrageous prediction. He finishes in the top three of NL Cy Young voting. All right. Bold. All right. Tyler Stevenson is going to hit 40. No, wait. I did that one already. <laughs> I got to find Fair something. Echo. <laughs> I got to find something else. You know, I, I, I think for me, uh, my bold prediction is there will be no sophomore slumps among the rookie position players. I think Zero, everyone. None. Zero. Everyone will finish with better statistics in 2024 than they had in 2023. That is my bold prediction. Uh, no one slumps. Everybody improves, and we get to go to a World Series parade. You're absolutely correct. Man, I gotta, I gotta hit the Fanduel right now. Here we go. <laughs> no sophomore slumps. That that would be fantastic. Sean says, Steve, you mentioned two to three moves will make you happy. Doesn't the Jamer move cause Steer, power hitting outfielder, to move more permanently to the outfield and check two of three? No, that's what I'm saying. Uh, we don't we don't know exactly how that's going to play out. That's what they're saying. But, you know, I was already counting Steer mostly as an outfielder. I still wanted them to go get at least, at the very least, a right-handed power hitting platoon partner for Will Benson because I still think they need a right-handed power bat out there not counting steer. I was already looking at him as part of that group. So for me, I needed something more. Now, again, that's just grading it today. If the season started today, uh, there is going to come a time where we got to look at this thing in hindsight and see, you know, the moves that we couldn't see the thoughts that we didn't know Nick crawl was having as he was doing these things and grade how they worked out, but just grading how they're done. You know, I'm, I'm still, I'm still a little underwhelmed. Uh, to be honest. And uh, that doesn't mean that I think the Reds are going to be bad. It doesn't mean that I think they won't have success in 2024. I just, I really wanted to see a little bit more. Now I'm saying all that and we're not even to January 1st yet. So to Jeff's point there in the last segment, uh, there's still plenty of time. We don't know what Nick has up his sleeve. So, you know, when we get closer to opening day, when we're doing our, you know, opening day preview episode there, Jeff, I think when we do the grades, then they could very well be different. I'm just kind of looking at it as what's on paper before me right now. Yeah. And I think too, there's, there's probably going to be more than even opening day that we've got to give for the, for some of these to work out. Cause I mean, there will be some guy and that's why it's an outrageously bold prediction that there won't be any sophomore slumps because there's probably going to be, and things are going to have to move around and, 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 and how the reds can move around. I still think that this roster is the most flexible it's ever been and that the moves that David Bell can make and the lineup changes that he can make are going from one good option to another good option. It's not going from this guy can't do this, so we have to play this guy. It's it's now going from, all right, this could work or this could work in a different way. And I think that that is really fun with how this roster is currently set up. And it may continue. I mean, 
the Reds have still not made any of those those waiver claims or something like that as spring training goes along that you'll see, you know, some guy that we've heard of before who's struggled mightily over the last year or so just gets waived and the Reds are able to pick him up for next to nothing. And how does that guy play? And there's always one guy a year that does that. So I'm interested to see how those moves factor into it, as well as if he makes another big move. This next one, Jeff, I have not mentioned to you off air or in the rundown or anything on purpose because I was hoping it would come up in the comments so that we could just do it in real time. And it did. Grant says, after Joey Votto's latest tweet, do you think he comes back to the Reds on a team-friendly deal and retires a Red? Or I'm going to add to this, or just simply retires. Did you see his latest tweet, Jeff, where basically he talked? He was talking about free agency, and and I, I wish I had it in front of me, but in it he talked about how you know part of the the comparison is nobody calls you back, and that really caught my attention. Um, I wonder, I wonder if the market that he hoped was there is not there and he's driving attention or it could simply have just been Joey being Joey in in his new personality type. But, um, anyway, jump in on what Grant, Grant I mean, the, the first thing that Joey Votto is, is honest. So I don't think he tweeted that meaning some sort of veiled, uh, you know, strange ulterior motive. Like, I think he was saying what he was saying. And I think the interesting part about that is I think if we got a candid answer from him, he would admit that he would have rather done this about five, six years ago, because where he is right now in his career, there's far more question marks than there are answers. And if he'd have done this, I mean, think about this, the the year that he was robbed of the MVP award and it was given to John Carlos Stanton, who then went to the Yankees. 2017. Yeah, think about if he was a free agent after that year, he'd have been one of the top five available players. And that's not even like the prime of his career. That's still kind of on the downslope. And and now he's doing it now where it's like wherever he goes, I think it's going to be more of a personality move or we're adding you to our clubhouse. Like, honestly, I still think, and I, I not bought into, I think I saw a rumor early in the off season that maybe San Francisco talked to him or something like that. I still think there are two spots for him. It's coming back here or going to Toronto. If he's not retiring, I just don't know that coming back here means anything more than a ceremonial retirement move because the Reds said they don't have at bats for him. And then they added Jamer Candelario. So they really don't have at bats for him. So, however, they add him. The only way that I see it working out is if they made a trade that did send a major league infielder somewhere else. And then they sign him to fill those at bats, or they sign him on like a, you know, a couple of day contract where they have a retirement ceremony. There's like a Joey Votto day and all this other stuff. All right, let's take one more for the audio feed, Jeff, and then we'll wrap the audio feed and then keep on keeping on with these questions. So uh, last one for the audio uh, only feed. Uh, Carrie says she has another prediction. Uh, I see Benson breaking out 20 homers uh, over under Jeffrey 20 homers. Will Benson. I think he hits more. I Well, and, and the playing time is going to be a factor, but it's not as if he's going to miss a ton because of left-handed pitching. He's still going to come into those games whenever right-handed relievers come in, I think he hits 25. Um, but I do, I am with Kerry. I think that he continues to go. He was so good last year. And like looking at like the OPS plus and even the war and just hitting right-handed pitching, his war was still one of the top 10 wins above replacement on the team. 
And I think that that's only going to continue. He's got a lot of talent. The biggest question mark is, will he ever get to show it against left-handed pitching? Does he need to show it against left-handed pitching? Is that even something we're worried about anymore? Because when you can face the majority of the pitchers in Major League Baseball, I don't necessarily know that you need to show it against lefties. So I, I think that he's going to continue to be a valuable member of this team. I firmly have him above Jake Fraley in the outfield pecking order, so he should get more playing time there. But ultimately, he's got the talent to hit 25, maybe even 30. Seth says, uh, Will Benson, 2020 candidate for sure. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, 20, you know, when you're setting an over under, right, it's supposed to give you a little angst about which one you're going to take. And that number 20 actually does give me just a little bit of angst. You're right. Will Benson last season, you know, even with the slow start, even with a uh, majority of time only against right handed pitching, uh, number nine on the team in war with one. And he was in AAA for like three weeks. Yeah. Even with that start. So, um, you know, if you were force me, I would throw $5 on an over mm. just for fun. I'm not super confident about it, but I would take the over. And that is where we will wrap up the audio feed video folks. YouTube stay here for the audio folks. That's going to do it for this edition of locked on reds. The rest of the Q and a will be coming your way as a bonus episode in your feed. Thanks so much for making locked on reds, your first and second and third and fourth and fifth listens of the day. Uh, that is going to do it for 2023 for us folks. When we're back at you, it will be 2024 unless of course, Nick cross screws us over and makes us work on new year's Eve, which is his way. Oh, so we will see what happens if that goes down until then you can always count on locked on reds to be gathering up all of the information, following the rumors, watching the transactions, pulling all that information together and bringing it back right here to keep you locked on reds every single day.